0: Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark.
1: Hey,
2: this is Ed with the Rhythm and Shoes Band. Looking for the perfect gift this holiday season? Give the great taste of Hides of Liverpool. In a holiday time, tradition means everything, and Hides has been a Central New York tradition since 1917. Franks, Conies, Phillies, grilled cheese, and more. There's something for everyone. Now through December 31st, with every $25 in gift cards you purchase, you'll receive a $5 bonus gift card. So stop into Hides today for lunch, for dinner, and for a bonus gift card while they last. 305 Oswego Street in Liverpool or visit HidesofLiverpool.com. Plus find us on Facebook, Twitter, and in. Instagram.
0: Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the
1: ML Sports Platter.
2: The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, as well as Stitcher and Deezer, anywhere else you get your pods on your smartphone device. Be sure to download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. I'm on Twitter, at Sports. all over the social platforms, be on the lookout For my 9-Minute with Mike Lindsley segments and ML Sports Takes, their video format um, segments. So make sure you definitely check those out all over Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and TikTok and IGTV. And I got to be honest, we have so much out there, so many channels, so many platforms, so much social media um, that I literally count off on my fingers as I'm saying those to make sure that I, I don't forget... Anything, man, what a wild world we live in. We are presented by our great friends over at Rosie's Corner, Welch and Company Jewelers, Liverpool Physical Therapy, and Empower Federal Credit Union. You know how it goes, folks. Surprises are a guarantee in life, and knowing that you have the flexibility to access funds for those unexpected expenses, it's simply peace of mind. And so, with an Empower Home Equity line of credit, you can leverage your home's value to finance home renovation, college expenses, or any big ticket item. Borrow what you need up to your credit limit and make monthly payments on your balance. Empower's rates are competitive and affordable. They'll even help you get the most out of your home. So get your peace of mind today at Empower Federal Credit Union 800-462-5804625000. You can log on to empowerfcu.com for more. That's empowerfcu.com. For more information. Let's bring him in. He is an author. He is the Buffalo Bills beat man and insider. For the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. Does an amazing job. For that publication, salmayorana.com for all of his other pieces as well. Close to 25,000 followers on Twitter. Tremendous, tremendous journalists over the years. At Sal Mayorana on Twitter. Sal, welcome aboard. And, of course, I should mention to download his podcast as well called Sal Speak, where you get your podcast. I uh, should mention that uh, is a really good listen as well. Sal, thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah, Mike, thanks for having me, and happy holidays to you and yours. I appreciate that. Obviously, uh, we're, we're in the home stretch here for the Bills. We'll get to them in a bit, but I know you're doing quite a bit of uh, book promotion. Great time of year to do some online holiday shopping, and uh, where can people go? Where's the link? And obviously, you've got a, a couple of really nice choices for people. Yeah, you know, I've got the, uh, the book that I wrote
3: this year, um, When Buffalo Stood Atop the Sports World. It's about Buffalo sports in the mid-'70s with the Bills. The Sabres and the Braves, and it's on Amazon.com. I guess people can just type in my name in the search, and my uh, all my books come up there on my page. So, you know, I've got, you know, I guess 20 books or whatever, 22 books I've written. I think most of them are there. I can't even remember. But, you know, I just figured if people were looking for gifts, now is the time to promote them. So, uh, yeah, people can just type my name into Amazon and have
2: at it. All right. Assuming that we both agree that the Buffalo Bills this year have been a little bit like a roller coaster, right? They've gone up and they've gone down. They've had some great moments. And then they've gotten away with a few. Um, they're a playoff team. They probably, probably will win the division, although Miami is really pushing them. Um, are, are, are you on the more upside or the more downside of this roller coaster? Well.
3: Yeah. You actually put it pretty good It has been a little bit of a roller coaster Which is weird when you look at the record They're 8-3 and three. Yeah, I mean they have one of the best records in the league <laughs> right. And it's just been a little bit interesting You know the way they've gotten there Especially last week was, you know, That was a game they very easily could have lost So I'm, I'm not I'm not real big Mike On them being a true Super Bowl contender I don't think they can compete With the best teams in the conference Certainly not the Chiefs and the, maybe not the Titans, and I'm not sure about the Steelers yet. Uh, they play them in two weeks, and it'll be interesting to see how they match up with them, but I just don't see them in that tier. I see them winning the division and hopefully winning that first playoff game against one of the wildcard teams, but I just can't see I can't see them doing a whole lot, much more damage after that first game. I could be wrong. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the good sign was the defense played better last week, And they're going to need that defense to play like that, um, certainly more often. But as you mentioned, the roller coaster side, if it was the offense, really took a step back in that game. They were lucky to win. So they're a tough team to figure right now, for sure.
2: They tried to bring the ground game back a lot. And I do understand and I do agree with people who will point towards the weather changing, more snow and rain and sleet and wind and dampness and all that stuff that happens in western New York. Okay, great. You need a little bit more of the running game. But you don't, for as good as Derrick Henry is and for as close as Tennessee got last year, that's not how you win at the end of the day. Kansas City was down double digits three times last year, came back against the Texans, the Titans, and the Niners in the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl because they had Patrick Mahomes and they threw the football. Are you worried that during the bye week, Shaw McDermott, he made a point like, hey, we got to fix the ground game. Mr. Conservative here, he he's let Dable do his thing, they've opened it up, they've gone ten personnel, wideouts across the board, but do you think he's like, oh man, maybe the ground game, I gotta get back to some of that defensive feeling and start winning games in December when they've been winning it really with Allen's arm and the playmakers. Is there a concern here that Singletary and Moss are gonna rely on these guys instead of really the receivers and Allen, which is how they've won games?
3: No, I don't think it's just so much a concern that they're going to all of a sudden be a running team. All the points you made are valid, and I've made the same once. I mean, the weather, you know, they had an unusually nice day the other day in Buffalo, and now they've got a game in Arizona. So, you know, it's not going to be all bad weather games. But there might be a couple in January, especially if they're at home or where they have to go. They're going to have to run the ball better than they have this season. So I see and I understand why they're trying to get that tuned up you know, for the stretch run. I've said it myself. They do need to, especially if you're leading the game, Mike, yeah, yeah. in the last five minutes, you've got to be able to put it away. And that's been one of the hardest things for the Bills this year has been the lockdown games. And I think a good running game would help it. Now, that being said, yeah, this team cannot revert to that style of play. They are clearly built to be a pass-first team. That's why they brought Stephon Diggs in. They've got a very good receiving core, although right now, it's not quite the same without John Brown. And, and Josh Allen has played pretty well this year. So that's got to be their bread and butter. And, again, there's going to be a day when it might be 10 degrees and a 20-mile-an-hour wind, and you've got to run it. But the Bills are a pass-first team, and they can't, they can't forget that. They can't all of a sudden become, let's run Singletary and Moss and play defense because they're a different team than they were in 2019.
2: Last game of the year is Bills-Dolphins in Buffalo. Do you think that game is for all the marbles for the division?
3: Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. I mean, let's face it, the the, Dol- uh, the, the Dolphins are going to win this week. They play the Bengals without Joe Burrow. And I think the Bills have got a very tough test, Me even too. though that game you know, won't be in San Francisco now. doesn't really matter this year anyways because there's no fans. But I think the 49ers, they're 5-6. and six. That's still a pretty good team. Even without Garoppolo at the quarterback spot, um, they've still got some talented players. That will not be an easy game. So come Monday night, late, it will not be a surprise if the Bills and Dolphins are tied at 8-4. and four. And now you've got a four-game last quarter of the season, you know, sprint to the finish, and that last game of the year very well could be for all the marbles, you're right. Yeah,
2: $65 million or so on injured reserve, George Kittle, Garoppolo, Bosa. I mean, they're missing so many guys. Sal Marana with us, the Bills insider and beat man for the, uh, for the Bills here uh, on uh, on the ML Sports Platter, Democrat and Chronicle, salmarrano.com, and go get his... Books online where books are sold. Great holiday stocking stuffers and uh, gifts. If uh, if they don't fit in the stocking that you uh, that you have for your loved one, Um, this offensive line right now. I mean, Cody Ford gone for the year obviously hurts, but I think Brian Winters is a huge problem. I don't know why Sean McDermott keeps talking about how he's like you know comparable to Anthony Munoz, and of course I'm paraphrasing here, but you know he's talking about him like he's a Hall of Fame lineman. But they do have. Three huge cogs in there. They have Mitch Morse, they have Deion Dawkins, and they have Feliciano. Earlier in the year, when they were monkeying with Feliciano at the center spot and kind of healthy, scratched Morse, do you think in the back of their minds they're trying to figure out ways, hey, we got to sign the Matt Milanos and others long-term, maybe we cut Morse and cut Brown at the end of this year, and it's a good time to kind of try some things out while we can still win football games?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's I, I guess. Maybe part of it. Um, The whole Mitch Morse thing, I think, confused everybody. Um, I'm, you know, fans and media alike. All of us that were on the Zoom call that day when he was talking about that, amazing, um, and and saying he wasn't benched when he absolutely was benched. You don't fly him out to Arizona, make him active on game day, and then don't play him. That's a benching. Um, I didn't understand it. He's been one of their... You know, their offensive line has not been great this year. Dawkins has played very well on both tackles. Williams has played well. Their interior offensive Mm -hmm. line, I think, has been a mess. But it certainly wasn't all Mitch Morse to be hung out to drive for it. It's their guards. Their guards have been terrible. So I was always very surprised by the whole Morse thing. And you can't... I I don't care what Sean says. You can't tell me that their best five doesn't include him at the center spot. So whatever they were trying to prove in Arizona, by not playing him and, and going with you know Feliciano and then Butker and Winters, that, that just made no sense. So I, I think you're going to see, they're, they're going to have to keep Winters in there because he's the best option they have. He's better than Ike Butker, and their best unit has Morrison Center and Feliciano at whatever card spot it's going to be. So I think that's what you're going to see moving forward. This, this really should not be a time, to experiment for next year. Right. They they're trying to win a division. This is not, you know, try, trying to close out the season and look to the future. The future is right now for the Bills.
2: Yeah, and that's why I asked the question because, you know, do you think they are? Why would you? You know, what kind of one comes after the other? Trent Murphy, I know you're on the same page with me on what the heck are they doing with this guy?
3: Yeah, that that like that has been a season long thing. I've never understood why the hell they kept him, I mean, the reason, I guess, was, you know, a typical Sean McDermott quote, he loves the culture, and, you know, Murphy's a great teacher and leader for the defensive line, they've got guys who can do that, I mean, for crying out loud, Jerry Hughes and Mario (laughs) Otis, are both, they've both been in the league longer than Trent Murphy, so you've got the leadership there, um, for the price that they had to pay to keep him on the team, and then he's given them... He's played in, what, they played 11 games, so he's sat out too. Nine games, I think he has one and a half sacks and maybe six quarterback hits. I mean, what the hell? It just never made any sense. <laughs> that was money they could have put away and given it. Like we said, you know, Milano's coming up as a guy that I think they want to keep. Um, wherever, wherever they would have spent it, it would have been better spent than on Trent Murphy.
2: No doubt. I mean, and if you want to go further for overall defensive leadership, A.J. Klein's played in the league for eight years. Micah Hyde, eight years. Jordan Poyer, eight years. Speaking of Poyer and Hyde, those two among a few others I'm about to mention for their own reasons, obviously, you know, they're so impactful to the Bills. Poyer and Hyde tackling, blitzing, covering, creating turnovers, leadership, all that sort of thing. Josh Allen, for obvious reasons. John Brown's out right now, but we know he can stretch the field. Stephon Diggs, clear number one. And then you have a guy like Andre Roberts, who, like, is a special teams guy. I just think he's wildly underrated across the NFL for whatever reason. And maybe Deion Dawkins is included in here, too, because of, you know, protecting the blind side. If you had to label an MVP of the Bills, who would it be right now? Uh, Well, look,
3: I mean, Josh Allen, to me, this team, lives and dies with him. If he were to get hurt, Mike, the season's over. I mean, he's the most valuable player on the team, and he's also been, you know, one of the best players, there's been no doubt. The, the jump that he's made this mm-hmm. season has been notable. So, yeah, he's he's without question the most valuable guy. I mean, we saw Matt Barkley for one play Sunday. Now, granted, Bosa came somehow. Somehow, <laughs> Joey Bosa came unblocked. Like I don't know how they ignored the guy. But if they were to have to play Matt Barkley, they're, they're, they're not going
0: to win. Yeah, they
3: they have no chance. So, Josh Allen is the most important and you know the the biggest key to the Bills' success.
2: Have you have you seen? Speaking of, of Allen, I mean, have you seen? I know he's gotten a lot more help this year, adding digs and all the rest, and pieces and more draft picks and all that. But that's how football goes. I mean, Joe Montana. I think is still the greatest quarterback of all time. He had Jerry Rice, he had a great O-line, he had Bill Walsh. It goes on and on and on. For some reason Allen gets a lot of help. The Allen haters are still out there going, "Well, he got digs now." Okay, but that it's football. It's a team sport. As a quarterback, if you take the next step with the rest of the help together, you know, you're there, right? It's it's that's the other half of the th- of the game here. H- have you seen enough of Allen now this year with the help there? That he is the guy for the long term to to, to pay him, in other words, because that's what really Sal. That's what this is about, right? Is he going to get the next the big deal?
3: Yeah, and you know he, he's definitely shown signs that he can be that guy. I just said the, the the jump he's made from the second to third year. It was a jump that we all knew he needed to make, mm-hmm. but I don't think any of us forecast the size of the jump that he was going to make. I mean, he's been very good. He's had a few bad games. You know, we had the Josh Allen experience. On Sunday, He reverted back to the way he's played his first two years, and that was a little bit concerning. He made some really bad decisions. You know, he lost two turnovers. Um, so that wasn't good. But on the whole, I think he's been very good. And I think one of the biggest keys, all the guys they've added, the weapons that he has around him, they've built this offense in his image. But that's the thing. It's also his third year in this system with the same coordinator, the same head coach. That kind of continuity is really important for a young quarterback. You look around the league at the young quarterbacks, not many guys that are drafted that high get that opportunity, right? Because they're usually in rebuilding situations. Things are getting turned upside down all the time. He's had tremendous stability. And I think that's been one of the biggest reasons that we've seen him make the jump. He's been a good player, and I think he's only going to get better as the years go
2: on. No, it's a good point. i got two more quickies for you, Sal. Sal Maron again, at Sal Maron on Twitter. The Democrat and Chronicle Buffalo Bills insider reporter, dot com. Go get all of his books online where books are sold. And Sal Speak, the podcast, download and subscribe to that on your smartphone as well. Give me the best case, worst case. You know, when when I'm talking to you on... Super Bowls, well, the day after the Super Bowl, maybe, let's say. Uh, what's best-case Bills, worst-case Bills end of the season? What, you know, where are they at? Where's the ceiling? Where's the floor? Yeah, I, I don't think on the day after the Super Bowl we'll be lamenting a, a Bills loss. I just want to say of. it. I just want to say it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they're getting there. I, I just don't see too, them, like I too. said. I don't see them weaving
3: through <laughs> any of those top three teams to make it. They're not ready for that step yet. But like I said, I mean, the, the division was the goal this year, it was well stated by you know even McDermott himself. Yeah. It was like that, that's the goal. We have to win this, the division, and I think they'll do it. I think they can win a playoff game um, at home in the first round. So that to me would be you know a lot of people are saying, well, they got to get to the AFC Championship game. Well, I maybe. I mean, I don't, I don't know that they're ready for it. That would be great, but if you're telling, if you're asking me, who's covered this team for you know thirty some years, would I be satisfied with a division? and one playoff win.
2: Considering that they haven't done that since 1995, All in, yeah, I, yeah. I take that. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. there you go. All right. A lot of Bills fans want to play what if with Patrick Mahomes. Hey, if the Bills took Mahomes, they'd be here. We'd be there. Now, yeah, do I think that you don't trade down if a quarterback is there? Of course, I, I believe that. you got to keep throwing, throwing, throwing the darts until you hit the bullseye and you get your guy. It's not easy to get your guy. A lot of things play into it, I get it, but you still gotta keep cracking, still gotta keep taking them. They trade down a few years back to get Trey, you know, they get Trey White. Patrick Patrick Mahomes is a chief, and we know the rest of the story. But the other part of it is if Patrick Mahomes is a Bill, there's no Hill, there's no Kelsey, there's no O line, there's no Reed, there's no Eric Bieniemy. there's no, you know, better defense for the Chiefs now than probably the Bill's D maybe was then. We don't know. I mean, it's probably a coin flip. If Patrick Mahomes ends up on the Bills, who is Patrick Mahomes right now?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I I think he's an otherworldly talent. He's unreal. He's great. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. He would not have. Well, don't forget, he didn't play his first year. He played one game. So you kind of wipe that right out. So starting in 2018, look, they've had a better team than the Bills. And clearly they have a better offensive coach, probably a better coach, (laughs) period. But yeah. The Bills had nothing around Patrick Mahomes. If he had come here, he would have played instantly in 2017, I guess, for the Bills. I don't think they would have stuck with Tyron Taylor too much longer. But he doesn't become Patrick Mahomes right away, not the way he did in Kansas City. So it is a tough argument to make. The only thing I've always said about the Bills making that deal, well, there's been two things. Number one, look back at all the draft profiles and all the draft gurus who claim to be experts. There weren't a whole lot of people that thought Patrick Mahomes would, A, go that high, and B, become what he's become. It just wasn't the case. I mean, everyone thought that at Texas Tech, he played in that college offense, and a lot of guys can be stars in that. Will it translate? So it wasn't like the Bills were totally bonkers for not picking him at number 10. So there's that. And then the other thing is that I've also said, regardless of that, Deshaun Watson was also available, too. Yeah. And the Bills needed to know that Tyrod Taylor was not the answer. So that's the one thing that I'll hold against McDermott, is that he went into that year because he wanted to win right away. And he kept Tyrod Taylor thinking that was his best chance. And not only did he pass on Mahomes, but he also passed on Deshaun Watson. And that's, I think, what they're going to take you know, to their graves, maybe, is that they didn't. Now, the other thing, too, Mike, is they may have had the conversations with knowing what the draft class was going to be in 2018. You know, everyone knew in 2017 that the 18 class was probably going to be pretty good too. And they were accumulating assets. They got one with that trade, of the trading down from Mahomes. And they were yeah. probably thinking, you know what? We'll be able to trade up in 18 and get our guy. So th- there's also that side of it. Maybe that was the plan all along. But forever and ever, the Bills pick at number 10... Is where the Chiefs picked Patrick Mahomes, and they're going to have to live with that, regardless.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you—you just—it's you, so crazy to think about because you wonder if he—if he doesn't start right away and sits that one year, and and maybe the regime happens the same way, and they b- then build around Mahomes. How much does Mahomes, you know, how many deficiencies does that elite quarterback? Hide on a team where Aaron Rodgers has had so many challenges, he wins four to six games by himself every year. Russell Wilson, same thing, Peyton Manning, same thing, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, all the way across the board, some deficiencies. And then they put the, some of this stuff together a couple years later. Like, what What happens? It, it's just something that's it's incredible to, to think about. Sal Marana covers the Buffalo Bills for the Democrat and Chronicle out in Rochester. Awesome job, SalMarana.com. Go grab his books online where books are sold SaleSpeak speak podcast as well. And on Twitter at Sal Marana. Sal, really appreciate it, man. You know, I love the chats, appreciate the friendship as well. And we'll talk soon. All right, Mike. Thanks for
0: having me. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland, global campus, formerly university of Maryland university college was made to serve the military and working adults like you today. We continue that tradition. During the season of giving, you might give away more than you want. Sweater for mom, video game for Jake, and my credit card for someone named Gina? More online activity can mean more exposed personal info. But LifeLock by Norton has identity theft protection all wrapped up. And if you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions. But you can save up to 25% off your first year with promo code LifeLock. Visit LifeLock.com today.
2: Time to bring in the second guest of the podcast. He is Tyler Dunn. Absolutely amazing. The best NFL features writer in the country right now. Formerly at Bleacher Report, now has his own platform just recently launched. We're going to have him break that down, how it came to fruition and more. You can subscribe to it as well. It's called Go Long. It's incredible. It's a newsletter publication dedicated to enterprising football journalism and you can go subscribe at golongtd.com, golongtd.com, and it just makes so much sense, right? Go long TD touchdown, go long TD Tyler Dunn. I mean TD Tyler Dunn. I mean, come on, you cover football and you write features like this, and you have the initials TD touchdown Tyler Dunn every single time you read Tyler Dunn. It's a it's a slam dunk touchdown as well. Go longtd.com. Go find him on Twitter at tydunn. That's at T-Y-D-U-N-N-E. Tyler, happy holidays. Congrats on the new platform launch. Buddy, welcome.
1: Man, I really appreciate you having me on to uh, talk about it, Mike. It's 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 pretty simple. You know, I just feel like in 2020, when we have a zillion options to read a zillion things, it's it's like most of society. <laughs> we're we're kind of like those uh, mosquitoes around a light that is social media, and... We end up just kind of refreshing that all day and not really consuming an article in full. When really, you know, it takes 20, 25 minutes to read a story and you end up you know, pissing away that time on Twitter. <laughs> like we all do. I get it. Uh, I just always kind of gravitated toward long form, toward features. I mean, that's always been my passion. Um, back to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, onto the Buffalo News, onto Bleach Report, where that was my job exclusively. So as... You know, media companies kind of move toward the former and toward those bite-sized takes. I just thought it was a great opportunity to go independent. I absolutely love Substack's format, where I'll write profiles, I'll do the kind of stories I've done, and I feel like I have relationships around the NFL cultivated over a decade covering this league to be in this position to take this plunge. I think I can cover the league in a unique way. I'm through a long-form lens that is is worth people's valuable time. You know, I think that. You know, there is a niche of, of folks out there who still do enjoy learning the story behind the story and just felt confident in a place in my career to uh,
0: to go all in on, on that format. So the reaction has been unbelievably
1: overwhelming. Um, people are just awesome. They've been reading, they've been subscribing. And, and right now, you can sign up for free if you just put in your email address on golongtd.com. Um, you put your email in, you'll get the stories for free. I just want to give people a, a sense of what to expect long-term, and then we'll be a full subscription site um, in the next few weeks. So I, I hope folks uh, sign up, give it a try. If they like it, you can hit that subscribe button anytime.
2: Where is Patrick Mahomes' ceiling?
1: Oh, my God. I mean, it's it's unlimited. And there's really – it's impossible to just <laughs> to glorify this guy too much. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, you run out of words to say – to right he just blows your mind every week he's he's fusing different sports together to, to just create his own interpretation of the position and and you know talking to people around him his entire life from the, the days playing baseball as a little kid you know hanging out with his dad in the majors to swinging a golf club with his buddies and you know he hits shots like pga tour quality shots like it's nothing to playing basketball, his vision on the basketball court was just insane. And he kind of just took this all and put it into the quarterback position with the funky arm angles and the improvisation. I, I remember Sammy Watkins telling me once, he, he throws behind his back at practice. You'll, you'll see that at a game at some point. It's just insane. We haven't seen anything like it. And it's, it's, it's really, really fun to watch.
2: There's some guys who are just in a category. You know, Mahomes... Steph Curry, um, and maybe a Connor McDavid in hockey. Uh, there's just some guys who are just in that compartment, and you're like, "Whoa, this is this is like, uh, well, let's stop everything." And and he can't possibly do that again. And then the next time out, he throws for 400 plus yards, and he's setting records. Um, but it's a common thing in Buffalo with some fan, not all fans, but I would say half the fan base feels like this at least. Well, if the Bills had taken Patrick Mahomes, dot, 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 um, a few years back, the Bills trade down, the Chiefs take Mahomes, the Bills take Trey White, and we know Trey White's been a great corner. He might be the best in the NFL, arguably, just got the big money, huge, huge early leader even in his his early tenure on that defense, but Mahomes is Mahomes, and he's a big-time quarterback. He's an all-world generational talent. We know that there's a lot of layers to this league to being an elite quarterback. One of those things is what Mahomes has. You know, you you take the tree and it's all full of branches. He has Andy Reid. He's got head coach, OC, the enemy. He's got tons of weapons. Hill, Kelsey. He's got a bunch of running backs. He's got a terrific offensive line. He's got a great front office. If the Bills took Patrick Mahomes, how much of a percentage of this Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes in a Bills uniform? I, I love this hypothetical counterfactual
1: I I do too it's it's amazing I know some people don't like to play that game but like you have to play that game you have to especially in this situation when the owner of the team loved Patrick Mahomes when nobody else loved Patrick Mahomes I mean it can't get past that back I mean that was just such a fun story to report and write and go along I mean I it's like I wanted the reporting to just go on for hours and days and days and weeks and weeks because it's it's just so fun to look back but but, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I think there's two parts to it. I think the first part, you're right. It would have been a crappy situation for Patrick Mahomes to be drafted by the Bills. You've got um, an offensive coordinator in Rick Dennison who runs really a blah, bland, oh. old school offense that
2: nobody liked. I mean, I'm talking to players on that offense, it was just miserable. <laughs> Here there's you fun. go. Take the ball, Red Grange, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> it was sad. It was pathetic. Oh my gosh. Um, and then you look at David
1: Culley, the quarterbacks yeah. coach. He had never coached quarterbacks before in his life. Um, and then who's who Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to up? You got Kelvin Benjamin, who's four hundred and twenty-eight pounds, mm-hmm. and Zay Jones, and we all know he had his issues off the field and and on the field. I mean, I don't think he ever got past that drop against Carolina. That really, that really seemed to mess with him. Uh, what Deontay Thompson? Uh, what was left of Charles Clay, there wasn't much there to work with. Him. I mean, it could have been disastrous, but so I, I get all that. You know what? And I've got a lot of reaction from friends, from readers saying, you know, it would have been bad. And I, I agree, but here's the thing. Uh, I think that they definitely would have rolled with Tyrod, at least to, up to that Chargers game. So alternate universe, it's not Nathan Peterman going into that game. It's Patrick Mahomes. Five touchdowns instead of five interceptions. They go into the next offseason with all that money to spend. They they, they were going to spend that money on weapons regardless because they cleared all that room out of the cap, got rid of all those bloated contracts. You surround him with weapons. You give him Brian Dayball, and he's your MVP, Super Bowl MVP, $500 million man. So I think that the – I feel like, you know, we, we would have progressed to reality because it's Patrick Mahomes. At the end of the day, it's Patrick Mahomes, and it all would have all would have found a way to work out if he was a bill.
2: Yeah, it's just it's fascinating. It's interesting. It's water cooler talk. It's argumentative. Um, you know, would the Bills have screwed it up? Who knows? Hey, Mahomes wasn't even on a lot of boards, though. I mean, these all these NFL scouting dudes and all these pundits, Kuyper and and McShay, and all these other NFL draft dudes. Mahomes was kind of around. He was this guy who was a wizard in college, and look at this, this this, this, Big 12 offense, and he's shredding people, but he wasn't a Trevor Lawrence slam dunk in your face every single day. He was not an Andrew Luck in your face every single day. Bonafide, no doubt about it, slam dunk, can't miss, all the words we hear. He, he's the best thing since John Elway, that kind of stuff. We, we didn't hear any of that with that guy, so that's kind of in the middle of all of it, right?
1: totally, totally. And Doug Whaley, Jim Monas they're the first to say it. I mean, they, that's what I loved about talking to them. It wasn't like they just blamed Sean McDermott completely and said, well, he wanted to win now. And that's that. That's true. I mean, Sean McDermott did want to win now. He did want Tyrod Taylor installed as the starter. He did not want to look his players in the eye and say, all right, well, we just drafted a quarterback 10th overall. We're not looking to win. He wanted to win that year. They slapped playoff caliber on the shirts. He wanted to end the drought, and I don't think he was going to chitter it. But, Whaley and Monas both are the first to admit, we had reservations about Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah, he went 5-7 and seven his last year. Yes, yeah, it's the Big 12. Everybody puts up numbers in the Big 12. Uh, yeah, it's the air raid offense. I mean, who, who's come out of Texas Tech and just set the world on fire? Not Graham Harrell. <laughs> um, I, I think that they had reservations, but they were blown away by what he did on film. I mean, there was no denying the, the improvisation and just the Houdini escapes and the arm strength was just out of this world. I think, like, like Mona said, like, they thought he'd break a lot of hearts. So he'd have a lot of turnovers when, in reality, you, you look back and he, here is somebody who, you know what, when he's throwing that slant pass to the fourth window, He's not locking in on a receiver. He, his mind is working at a different level. He's he's letting things develop. He's seeing that open up before anybody else sees open up. That I thought that was such a great point by Kurt Warner. When he watched film, it's like you look at that kind of play then, and then you see him do, him do it with the Chiefs now, and you realize he is being creative within the confines of a play. So that's what everybody missed. The thing with the Bills is they, they were still going to take him at 27. They, they, they thought, you know, this is a calculated gamble. You know, obviously Andrew Reed wants a quarterback, but you know there's a shot he sees a lot of Donovan McNabb and Deshaun Watson. We know he sees Farman Mahomes, you know, these two past quarterbacks Andrew Reed worked with. So they were willing to take that gamble, and they would have taken him at twenty-seven for sure. Um, not meant to be, as we find out.
2: No doubt, Tyler Dunn with us, uh, the terrific NFL features writer, a brand new platform. Make sure you go there, subscribe, go on Twitter at TYDunn. And, of course, it's D-U-N-N-E on the last name. Do not get it wrong. Uh, make sure you follow them. Did the Buffalo Bills feel 8-3 and three to you? Well, you are what
1: your record says you are. You <laughs> there <know>. it is. <laughs> That's a wise man once said. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it's a... It, you know what? They, they feel like the 8-3 they were, you know, last year. They kind of feel where they were last year. And, you know, they obviously Josh Allen through September lit it up and you could say, well, he clearly took a jump and he has, uh, but you know, it's kind of come back to, he's come back to earth. I think defenses realize if you blitz them, if you disguise things, if you just kind of confuse them, he's still struggling to process that mentally. Yeah. Um, you still saw the mistakes against chargers, you know, a three win team. They, they turned the ball over three possessions in a row in the fourth quarter. I, I think the defense is definitely playing better. Um, I was looking at the numbers. What Justin Herbert threw the ball, what, 52 times? And if you take out that heave at the end, I mean, he didn't have a completion longer than 15 yards. So they're figuring themselves out on defense, which is a good sign. The offense is obviously better, but I don't know what's different from last year. I mean, you still got the Steelers that are undefeated. Their defense will punch in the jaw. Oh. I mean, they just play a different physicality. Patrick Mahomes is ungodly. I don't know how they ever beat him that the Titans are a bad matchup, as we saw. I mean, the Browns are, the Browns look good. Oh, I mean, yeah. they've got a physical team. No. They, you can go through about four or five teams and say, eh, I, I don't know if the Bills could beat that team in the playoffs. So, yeah, to, to win the division would be great. First time since 95. You know what? Put up the banner. That's awesome. I, I, I don't think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender yet, sadly.
2: If circumstances are the are normal right now, there's no coronavirus. You don't screw around with when you're playing the Titans, when you're playing the Chiefs, etc. Packed houses on the road, packed houses at home. Is the record the same? Is the situation the same? Because I, I tend to lean towards it is, and I kind of lean towards the same way. And I, we're not going to talk any Syracuse football past what I'm about to say, by the way, because that will just hurt people right in the right in the, including you, Mister Syracuse. Um, <laughs> but you know, like Syracuse fit. Oh my gosh, it's so the coronavirus, the opt-outs. Devito got hurt. Uh, it's a, it's a everybody gets a pass this year. Well, no, you think Nick Saban's going to say we get a pass if they don't end up in the college all football right. playoff? Give me a break. I still thought Syracuse was a two-win at best, three-win team with all the circumstances normal. I think if the Bills, I mean, look, Bills Mafia would be banana land at the stadium. We know that, but I think the record's pretty damn close, don't you? This is, I think, this is still an eight and three team, right? I think so. Okay. I mean, it definitely
1: helps your passing game in your offense at the line of scrimmage when there aren't fans anywhere. I mean, we're hearing the audibles on the TV broadcast. Yeah. I mean, I was watching that Browns Jaguars game, and you can hear Baker Mayfield say, uh, "Well, that was effing cute, guys," when the Jaguars mm-hmm. shoot <laughs> defensive line. And he was asked that in his press conference after, and he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Well, of course. I mean, it's. I mean, it's like they're out, you know, playing with their buddies and in the backyard. There's there's no energy outside of the game itself, which I think caters to the offense. I mean, you can check, you can audible, you can get into
0: the play you want. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, the defense can hear you, but you're,
1: there's just a lot of distraction around you that you don't have to worry about on the road. But everybody's playing by the same rules. I, I think that, you know, when you look at the Buffalo Bills, like, there's a lot to love. I mean, the uh, Josh Allen, there's a lot to love. Like, Guys fight for him in a way they don't fight for other quarterbacks, yeah. and I think that means something. It, it, that's why you know we got into that in our story. It does mean something. Like Mitch Moore said, you want this guy in a bar fight. Like yeah. it takes you to another level. But um, yeah, and I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I'm not telling anybody they don't already know. It's just we're living in Patrick Mahomes' world. I mean, it's it's his world. It's his universe. I, I don't know how you take him down. I mean, they thought they had a good plan, right, as McDermott said. We wanted him to work for what he got, uh, sat back with the two safeties and just kind of let him run the ball underneath. But I, everybody watching the game, I, I felt like the Chiefs still dictated the terms. Mm-hmm. Like, they they still ran for, you know, what 200-some yards. They still did whatever they wanted to. But Patrick Mahomes was 21 to 26. Like, yeah. he made the plays he had to. It's not like they stopped him at all. So I, I think that's troublesome.
2: I, mean, yeah, I know. It's incredible. I mean, that was like a – well, he was efficient. Efficient? I mean, the guy was still almost perfect, and he'd even, he didn't even have to go do things crazy. He didn't have to fly through the sky in that game, and he was still almost perfect. It's like last year, it's like, well, Mahomes, you know, down double digits, you know. There were there were probably some other people who were better in that Super Bowl, right? The the anti-Mahomes MVP people. And I'm going – they were down double digits and came back in the game because of that guy. I mean, he made the throw to Sammy. He made the plays to come back. Same thing with the Texans. Same thing with the Titans. It's mind-boggling. Uh, a couple more for you, Tyler. Best team in the NFC is?
1: Best team in the NFC is... I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. Me too. And
0: yeah. I mean, tempted, tempted, very, to uh, to go with the Packers. And, and
1: working on a story for Friday on the Packers. I think that they're definitely better in a lot of ways tougher you know personnel wise than they were in the past but um I mean the Saints obviously they're they're rolling Taysom Hill out their quarterback now but when they get Breeze back they haven't been at full strength on offense all year I mean Michael Thomas was out now Breeze is out but their defense is just suffocating they've drafted better than any team in the NFL like if those some of those front office guys if they're not getting jobs I don't know I don't know what's wrong like they've just got studs everywhere and Alvin is the best Weapon, offensive weapon I, I think in the NFL Michael Thomas still catches everything I, I don't know I, I think it's the sense. now you know they, they would be a lot more dangerous if they're playing in that stadium packed oh. and that is
2: I mean yeah, I don't know if you've ever been in there that is just a like, you feel like you're on a different planet when that place is rocking it is insane I mean those Cajuns man they've oh, yeah. got
1: some characters down there in New Orleans
2: it's a different place I've never seen a game there but I lost my first tooth there you did I did Yep. on bourbon street i'm guessing right oh yeah right there well right right in the. i think it was right in. The, i think it was in the superdome we just were like i was really obviously really young and we just we took like we were down there for a family vacation or whatever and i lost i lost my tooth i think walking out of the I, my parents know the story but it was yeah I, I i mean i don't even know what i got paid for that one but you know that's that's <laughs> that's a story worth telling right there huh yeah it's it's, it's a different place
0: it's yeah. tough to go in there and when so i mean
1: They won't have that factor unless COVID miraculously just disappears. Uh, But just talent-wise, personnel-wise, they're loaded. But I I still, obviously, the the Packers lit a fire under Aaron Rodgers. They drafted his replacement, and we all know he plays his best when he's ticked off and he's got a chip on the shoulder. So they gave him the ultimate Mm -hmm. chip, and they'll they'll be in the mix, no doubt.
2: There's 32 teams in the NFL. The Cardinals haven't won one. The Panthers haven't won one, the Falcons haven't won one, the Lions haven't won one, the Vikings haven't won one. I mean, there's a lot of teams that Chargers haven't won one. There's a lot of teams, Jaguars, Texans, on and on it goes, right? Titans, Bengals, Browns, they haven't won a Super Bowl. Bills, is it harder now than it's ever been to win a Super Bowl because of coming off the Patriots and what we have with Mahomes and the cap and all the other bullshit. Is, is this the hardest it's been? Was it harder 10 to 20 years ago? Is it going to be harder in 20 years? I mean, where are we at with the difficulty here when half the league, people just about, by the way, people don't realize this. Fan bases don't get this. Half the league still hasn't won the Vince Lombardi trophy. Tyler?
1: <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's pretty wild. I, I You just kept going on and on with the teams. I I think it is tough. I, I don't know if it's tougher than ever. Pro- probably. You know, even though the, the league doesn't want that through just the way the draft is set up through free agency,
0: it's very, you know, you should be able to go from worst to first, but for whatever reason,
1: yeah, it's kind of like the, the you've got a good eh, what, six or seven teams that can
0: legitimately win it all mm. right now. I, it, It's so quarterback centric. I just think it's about that. You know, if you don't have a quarterback, then you're looking for a quarterback,
1: and if you're in the middle ground, then that's the worst place to be. I mean, if you're like that, you mentioned the Vikings, um, Kirk Cousins, very good quarterback. Is he an $84 million guaranteed quarterback? No. Like, it, it's exciting. I mean, they had a nice win against Carolina. Um, they're still fighting. They got a lot of young guys on defense. They they, they they clearly tried to go for it this year, but they probably shouldn't have. They, they shouldn't have extended Cousins. Maybe they shouldn't have extended Zimmer and Spielman. Now, I think there should have been that feeling, though know, deep down that okay, we were a ten and sixteen. You know, we won a game in the playoffs, but are we leg- a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Probably not. So, I think that the more teams kind of look at themselves in the mirror and say, okay, like can we legitimately take on Patrick Mahomes? Or I mean, maybe that's extreme, but like you know, some of these elite quarterbacks are not. If the answer is no. You know, I don't think there's any shame in doing what the Jaguars are doing. Like, mm. its I hate the word tank. I mean, you got to be careful with it because, I mean, it can really poison your environment. I mean, it can. Like, you see it. Like, you you, you saw it with the Browns a few years ago. I mean, they, they, they hit rock bottom, and it was really hard to fumigate that building to get back. Uh, I think the Dolphins did it right. Like, they clearly were trying to think long-term to get to a – and to, to, to cobble up picks and get up a bunch of money to spend like they spent this offseason, but they were still like really competitive, like internally. I don't know what Brian Flores did, but it, 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 the, the environment wasn't toxic. Um, I, if you can, if you're in, looking at yourself in the mirror and you realize that you're not close, then I think you have to you have to hit reset. But you got to do it in a way that keeps people excited in the morning to go to work. I don't know. I don't know what that magic. You know, pill is that you got to take, but
2: uh, maybe Flores can, uh, you know, sell it. I think he'd make a lot of money. In closing, give me a quick hit minute on each one of these guys. What do you see in Tom Brady and what's next for Carson Wentz?
1: I, I'm not ready to write Brady's obituary. Um, I, you know, folks might have been halfway through that game Sunday night, but yeah, he just keeps coming back. He, he can still throw it. Obviously, him and Arians, they both want different offenses. Who knows if they figure it out, but. I'm not ready to write off Brady, not ready to write off the Bucs. I mean, they've got a great defense. Brady's been there, done that, surrounded by weapons. So uh, I, I still think they're a contender. And Carson Wentz, sad. I mean, that's the danger when you pay a quarterback a ton of money oh. and he's not an elevator. Like, their roster's been gutted all around him, And it's, it, I mean, really, it's sad to watch some of the players that they're trotting out there around Carson Wentz. But he, he almost kind of has the yips himself sometimes, it seems. He's not the same guy. From what 2017, an MVP front runner up until he wrecked his knee, uh, some, something's up. And I think if you're the Bills and you're looking to pay Josh Allen all that money, uh, which they probably will, but you, you better you better be confident in that because you're not going to be able to re-sign all the guys you have around them. You got to keep drafting well, I and mean, that's the only way you can keep
2: competitive. No doubt. And with the Carson Wentz thing right now, you look at the two-part thing that we just got done. You know, we started it with Mahomes. The one half is you need all the help, you need the head coach, you need the OC, the help around you, the O-line, staying healthy, all that stuff. Then on the other side of it, it's the quarterback has to be the quarterback. And right now, Carson Wentz is 0 for 2 in those departments, and that's, man, that is troubling stuff. And my God, if you look at the cap hit with that money, 30, 30-plus 30 million in the next few years, ouch, ouch, ouch. Ouch. Go check out Go Long. He uh, recently launched it. It's a newsletter publication dedicated to enterprising football journalism. GoLongTD.com, at TYDunn on Twitter. Tyler Dunn, thank you for jumping on. Congrats on the new platform. And again, when your initials are TD and you cover the sport of football, it's perfect. Tyler, thanks, bud. Hey,
1: Mike, this was great. Thanks for having me, man.
2: The ML Sports Platter brought to you by Rosie's Corner, Bryant & Stratton College, Empower Federal Credit Union, Pelra Contracting, and our great friends at World of Beer Destiny USA Syracuse. Get there for their curbside pickup until they, of course, get out of this orange zone situation. Tim of the gang doing an awesome job. World of Beer Destiny USA. I'm Mike Lindsley, the ML Sports Platter, available where you get your podcasts on your smartphone device. Thanks to Sal Marana and Tyler Dunn, two superstars in the industry As I always tell you, enjoy the games.
0: Moments. They surround us, intersecting every day, every instant. Moments that can change us forever. In a region where news is never ending, a singular sound defines our moments. A constant signal delivering the top news right at your fingertips when you need it most. For better, for worse. Always connected. Our legacy is the future, and we'll never miss a moment. WTOP News, 103.5 FM. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.